Hello, Lewis fans, and welcome to the Mere C.S. Lewis podcast. My name is Thornton. And I'm Andrew, and we are two brothers who enjoy C.S. Lewis and want to take themselves and others on a journey through his writings. So, Andrew, how have you been? I know you're, as, as we get ready for the Thanksgiving holiday here in 2022, you, you mentioned that you're off for the next 10 days, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, the World Cup starting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Do you care? Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely so. care. The, oh, really? How come? The U.S. is in it. Well, I guess, like, I'm interested insofar as they're in it. Um, but I guess it's one of those things I might check once every, once a week about oh, what's no. going on. And I, uh, I don't know. I care more about college football. Oh, my nationalism for Olympics <laughs> and for um, the World Cup, it just spikes real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll go right back down afterward. Um, yeah. Or to healthy levels, I should say. But during the World mm-hmm. Cup, no, it spiked hard. I do remember a couple of World Cups ago, we played England, and we beat them. Yeah. And it was sort of like a, a crazy thing, especially since like it was like a one nothing win, and we kicked the ball straight at the goalie, and the goalie just had this fluke miss where he like it hit off his hands or hit off his body uh-huh. and then just slowly dribbled into the goal um i and that was like the r10 victory i just remember that was the craziest thing yeah can't defend their goals can't defend the colonies i mean you're <laughs> taking everything from them i think yeah, i think it was in that world cup it was uh deeper into the playoffs uh or into the into the bracket or whatever the world cup calls it and and our goalie was just on fire. Oh, it's Tim Howard. He played yeah, for Tim Everton, Howard. and he was briefly his Wikipedia called him the Secretary of Defense. Exactly. That, I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> How Wikipedia, like, it was only up there for like what ten seconds or something. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, it was. I just laughed so hard when yeah Tim Howard on Wikipedia was the Secretary <laughs> of Defense. <laughs> Uh, that'd, yeah, that'd be great if we had something like that. It's also fun to root for countries that my friends have a stake in, like mm-hmm. Senegal with... Um, that, oh, yeah. You know? That is fun. I know, I think yeah, it was the last World Cup. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the last World Cup that my... I was in Iceland, and it was so cool to watch the Icelandic team. Yeah. Um, I think they got out of the group, and I think they won their first... Um, game maybe two uh, out of out of group play. Were people in the pub or wherever you were just going bananas? I, you know what? We stopped at a at a bar to like watch it with the quote locals, but I guess I guess we didn't have the nose for it because we found a bar full of like tourists who yeah. were who were all sort of thinking the same thing like, hey, let's watch it at a at a local place and. And we weren't in a city. We were just like in like a little random town, and we we thought like, hey, let's just go to the, the nearby bar. And it did not. I say it was just a whole bunch of uh, travelers watching it together, and so we didn't get that that that, hoo- that big enough. hoorah. Yeah. Um, that that being said, I I, do, I will say this. So like on our trip, um, I guess that was the first game that. When we were in the bar, that was the first game, big game they won, their big upset. And then later in the trip, we got back to Reykjavik, mm-hmm. and they uh, 
in in the city there was a big watch party uh and so that i that was that was cool that was a cool little atmosphere um as they watched their their team i can't remember what the outcome was but yeah seeing all the locals uh dressed up and and what was particularly unique about that experience uh-huh. was for those who don't know iceland is like a country of like 300,000 like the us army has more people than the country of iceland has citizens um that's wild that is wild and and it's like it is pretty reasonable to just ask a random person on in iceland like hey are you related to so and so and they like it is within the realm of possibility that they have some sort of connection to the the team, like a, a right. familial or friendship, or oh yeah, my teacher's cousin is the the the, the sports equipment guy for the team. Oh, um, nice. It's like is on that. Yeah, like I see little, what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh, it's such a small country that uh, it's they have a lot of ties to each other, um, which is so it's just kind of kind of cool. Um, pretty pretty tight-knit country yeah that's uh, that's nice and it's yeah you know it's it's not icy at all it's nice and green <laughs> during the summer yeah um not so much in the the winter but um yeah. yeah so i guess yeah like you said it is fun to uh watch and root for the countries that you have a, a connection with yeah a good friend of mine's from costa rica so i'll be rooting for them I'll be rooting mm-hmm. for Senegal because you know, one of our missionaries has, has you know, been there, and mm-hmm. um, obviously USA. Um, unfortunately, Italy's not in it. I usually root for them. Oh, did they? Uh, did they not make it? They did not make it this year. That's they haven't been as good since Balotelli um, mm. left. But the uh, yeah, they're kind of one of the um, they're kind of one of the uh, surprise you know, snubs. Yeah, I, snubs, yeah, people who missed out. Yeah. Wow. Good. Well, for those of you who uh, clicked, you know, 30 seconds forward um, yeah. and you finally stopped to get past the sports section. Yeah, um, it's, it's so funny. Out of all the C.S. Lewis podcasts I, I listen to, uh, I don't think I've ever heard sports talk on them. So not only can you... Demographics. Yeah, all demographics. Yeah, yeah. A good majority of our listeners are from outside the United States, so I I imagine some of them might be uh, interested in, in hearing our World Cup talk. And yeah. Um. But yeah, and it, yeah, it's just ironic. Yeah, considering Lewis was not athletic at all, that we uh, that there's any sports talk. But oh, then the hundred percent they're thinking these dumb Americans have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I probably mispronounced yeah. like four names and I know I don't even like I, I think they call it pool play I kept calling it group play yeah um, so definitely out of my element in world world cup talk hey but we'll watch it and uh, if you want more world cup talk um, yeah this won't be the podcast for it but <laughs> but there are podcasts about it there are podcasts for it. Yeah, you can come to us for C.S. Lewis theater news, but uh, don't don't come here for for World Cup uh, updates. Absolutely, a little spoiler there in case anybody caught that. But let's yeah. get into the background. Um, now we're doing the necessity of chivalry, which I think mm-hmm. is honestly like even just rereading through this before um, today to get into the mindset of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love this essay. 
It was written during World War II, probably around the same time um, that he was giving his mere Christianity radio addresses. Yep. So for the overview of the text, uh, Lewis defines chivalry as the, the ideal that Lancelot achieved, meaning that the meekest man and the sternest knight are all rolled into one. And it's not a compromise, but Lancelot was each of those to the, quote, nth degree. Yeah. This uh, paradox um, and unnatural idea is necessary to humanity. Otherwise, history tumbles into a, quote, horribly simple affair, Lewis says. The, the ideal of the knight is still relevant today, Lewis thinks. It is only sustainable, though, if one views the knightly character as a work of art and not something that is just bound to happen. Hmm. The gradual eradication of wolves that many people thought would happen in due time seems to have been an exaggeration. So those uh, that, in a nutshell, is what Lewis was saying in, in the essay. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go in and jump into thoughts and analysis. And, Andrew, you mentioned that you love this essay, and I know as we were – as we were batting around or talking about what we would do for our next little bonus essay episode, I asked you what you wanted to do and you wanted to do this one real bad. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll just ask you what, what drew you to this and why, why do you think we, we should discuss it now? So I think there is a great need and, and again, if you're in a, in a country um, that's not super westernized, maybe you don't feel that this need as strongly as we do. Um, but there really is a great need for proper manhood um, mm. in a way that is not ashamed of itself um, and in a way that is not... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I guess reactionary. Mm. Um, you know where it's like, well, you guys have been treating us poorly or at least perceived to be treated poorly. So now we get to treat you poorly, you know? Mm. Um, and so I feel like chivalry is that answer. Um, I think it just whatever, whether we're talking about sex and gender, whether we're talking about um the patriarchy or you know whether that's good or bad whether we're just systems of power in general mm -hmm. um or just manhood you know standalone manhood um i think chivalry is the staple um that can really make sure you you handle it carefully mm -hmm. um and what i mean by that is like so jordan P peterson he doesn't use the word chivalry but he mm -hmm. does talk a lot about this. Mm. And I find it really important to, to talk about manhood, not as something to be ashamed of, um, nor something to, to run away from, um, but something that uh, actually has a calling in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, and womanhood does as well. But, but specifically with chivalry, we are talking about manhood. Um, that was a question I was going to ask you if, if you thought, if so, you think that chivalry is exclusively within or primarily within the purview of of uh, manhood or 
I'm glad you said both of those words. I would say primarily, I I would hesitate to say exclusively. I, I would like mm -hmm. to think more deeply on that before I before I say exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say primarily, um, in terms of this does apply to men first. Yeah. Um, so, and when you mean this, you're talking about this being that, chivalry, the idea of and, chivalry, and the idea of chivalry in, in Lewis's uh, definition is a combination of of i guess oh i'm trying to boil down what he what he said even more into like a couple just a few words but just like i i guess aggression as well uh, as compassion um aggression so, so, maybe but i would i would argue it's power and control um i would i would i would say power and control the now, and control or power in control? Uh, well, power in control. Like, I was saying it and together. Like, the control is not of others; it's of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and the and the idea is, and again, Jordan Peterson has talked about this. Um, in what I would consider a healthy way, Andrew Tate has talked about this in what I would consider an unhealthy way. Um. But that, you know, the world has tragedy in it, and we need people who can stand up to tragedy. Mm -hmm. We need people to be able to fight, and sometimes physically. Um, and if we went into, you know, some of Lewis's uh, other works, he would talk about why pacifism is, you know, almost inherently flawed on this side of eternity. Um, go ahead. Well, it, well, I'm saying, yeah, you said, so you're, I guess, I think you're focusing on the power part of Lewis's definition. I think Lewis is also talking about the meekness of it, the mm -hmm. meekness in, in, in the hall, where I think that is also, when he's talking about it, he's talking about like someone who, who is in love with art, with poetry, and, and, and it's, and it's that ideal of, of like King David, who was a warrior poet. Right. Um, I think, so I, I think you're, when you're saying power and control, I think that's part of it. I just think there's, uh, I think that you also need to say like Lewis's definition is talking about the, I guess, more feminine mm -hmm. uh, virtues or, or values as well as the more aggressive ones are combined into uh, a single person and i definitely hear what you're saying i think mm -hmm. in my mind personally that is encompassed in the control aspect again with the control here being it's this being exclusively about controlling yourself mm -hmm. um and I like, know, yeah so for example like you know what and that's what i would define meekness to be is power in control and like for the, the well, warrior to be able to control his body in one way on the battlefield and another way on the dance hall mm -hmm. is that it, it, it's in control in both of those situations. Yeah. Uh, yes, in control. I, I think just another aspect of it is the ability to just lay down power, period, and to just not, not just be like a dog chained up ready to explode mm -hmm. at any moment but also be 
be a dog or be a hound to use like a, a Lewis phrase mm-hmm. um, to just sort of lay down and enjoy the quiet comforts. Uh, so like, I know, I understand you could say like, Oh yeah, that's in control too. But I think it's, uh, and I know we're probably talking past each other a little bit or, or saying the same thing. I, um, I think we are, but I, I think it is important to have to talk through this because, because uh, we are, we are, saying the same thing in some aspect i think the difference is like and the, and what the reason i i think that power and control still works as a phrase is like that hound you know that that can lay at the feet of a child right and mm-hmm. and be pet and cuddle and you know mm-hmm. be soft and gentle and, and warm and kind right mm-hmm. can also in an instant Mm-hmm. And, and rightly so, bare its teeth at someone trying to attack that child. Mm-hmm. So, like, yep. the hound is both. Mm-hmm. And and the reason that's why I say it's power and control is he never lost the teeth when he mm-hmm. was curled up at the feet of the child. But it, it took an outside pressure to then uh, evoke the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were talking, it just made me think that, yeah, Aslan is like a perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, example. and Jesus is the perfect example. Yes, he is. Yes, he is the perfect. But example. But I know that. Yeah, Aslan is that. You know, yeah. Symbol in Lewis there. terms, yeah, I think Lewis, yeah, embodies this idea of chivalry in in Aslan and his fictional work, and yeah, because um, yeah, it's like that famous line that yeah, Aslan is is not a, a safe line, but a good no. one. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then yeah, there's obviously. He, defeats the white witch and, and stuff as we'll talk about when we do our line, Witch in the wardrobe of so, but he also plays with uh, the children. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think, yeah, I think Lewis embodied his idea of this, of this essay in, in Aslan. Um, so I did a question I'll ask you so that we have these two, as Lewis says, two opposite ideas and it was only in the middle ages where they were sort of combined um like they both the idea of meekness and the idea of heroism existed prior to the middle ages but they were usually one-sided where like the the meek person or meek man was a coward and and the the heroic man was like a, a tyrant yeah um and it was in the middle ages where these ideas were sort of synthesized um into 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 chivalry so i wanted to ask you what do you think holds these two seemingly opposite uh ideas together Mm. what would hold these two seemingly opposite ideas together well i i think it's love Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because what you love you will fight for and what you love you will cherish Mm. um and i'm just thinking of our dad right like Mm -hmm. you know worked with the special forces you know military you know career military Mm -hmm. also grew up on a farm i mean not a small man Mm -hmm. um and yet uh offensive line at west point right exactly yeah he is not tiny um and yet you know, when he would wrestle with us or, you know, just 
we would be what I guess you'd be probably 10 and I'd be five and he would climb into bed with us. And, Mm -hmm. um, he was so gentle, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and even, you know, you now with your daughter, um, just, it's one of those like, Hey, this is something I will fight for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and probably a type of fight you might not have been able to tap into before. Mm -hmm. Um, and a, a level of gentleness you might not have been able to tap into before. Mm. But both of those things were rooted in, in the love for your daughter or dad's love for us, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think fatherhood is probably the clearest picture of, of chivalry. And what, what about uh, motherhood in that, um, using those examples too? For sure, for sure. I think, I, I will say I probably am biased towards just masculine things being a man it's just where my mind goes because i'm reflecting on it myself mm-hmm. um but i mean you could totally argue same thing you know being a mama bear you know or mm-hmm. you know just that you know moms nurturing and cherishing their their young but then mm-hmm. you know also like for sure um and obviously like and again going going back to is this primarily masculine and and i'm starting to kind of question that because i think this is again why the the two sexes need each other Mm -hmm. because men can tap into both but will lean towards the power Mm -hmm. um and women can tap into both but will lean towards the gentle Mm. um and so I think that that balance there of the the gentle and the power kind of pulling and pushing against each other mm-hmm. is probably really important. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. In general, men gravitate towards power more, and and women to more of the the meek virtues. And, uh, but at the same time, yeah, the, I think both, uh, genders, sexes can, um, they can access can both, access, cultivate both. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think there might be more of a, a need to f- focus on men with, with chivalry, um, uh, in, in our current, um, uh, geist. Right. Um, and I, and I know the, the scriptures talk about, I think it's in one of Paul's letters when he's sort of saying like old men, uh, like, like nurture mentor, the young men, old, like the older ladies mentor, the young ladies, ladies do this, this and that. And then then it's like, it gives one instruction to the guys. It's like to the young men, just, just work on your (laughs) self-control. Yeah. And, and and, and for a while there, I always thought I was like, Oh, that's kind of sexist. Like giving them a cop out. It just yeah, you just got one thing, but then as I told older, like that's that's all they can handle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they it just if they just focus on this one thing, a right. lot of other things will fall into place. Yeah, it, you don't want to overload them with all these other uh, tasks to work on. Just just focus on self control. Yeah, and 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 I think as you were saying, power and control, I think is is uh, is yeah, is just self control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But again, I think I think having something to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so 
I think there are two things that are important here um, to talk about with chivalry. Mm-hmm. The first thing is what we've kind of already been talking about is something to protect, mm-hmm. right? When these knights would go to battle, they're battling for to protect their homes, to protect their families, to mm-hmm. protect the king or queen, right? Mm-hmm. But the second thing is just as important, and we have to make sure we talk about it as well, is an authority to submit to. Mm. You know, like, because if you're just protecting something and, and that's all you're doing, you could go to some pretty evil places to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But if you then have a code, a chivalrous code, mm-hmm. um, or for us, a biblical code to, to submit to, Mm-hmm. then it, it fuels that love um, for whatever you're protecting, but then it also keeps you within bounds of, well, I will do everything in my power to protect this, this thing, the object of my love, mm-hmm. but it will be within the guardrails um, of this authority I'm submitting to. Yeah. I know for some people that might... Re- that like your your phrasing of that yeah will grate on them because I know a lot of people have have appealed to that authority to do some pretty bad things sure um and but you will and, always yeah. have an authority yeah and I, and I think that's the thing to keep in mind is like something is everyone has an authority of some sort and that's why it's so important to to really thoughtfully choose what that what that authority you're going to bow down to is because if not you you might find yourself bowing to an authority you never really would have wanted to yeah um but it's important i mean and it's like i said it's going to happen anyway yeah well moving another question i wanted to ask you andrew is so that we have we've talked about this double demand that that chivalry imposes Mm-hmm. Uh, the the demand for I, I guess I keep coming back to aggression. I, I, maybe there's some other better word for it. Um, well, I just say power and control, and then the the demand for um, meekness. Mm-hmm. And and I guess you, yeah, you talked about how you think love is sort of the the glue that binds them together. Um, so do you think? this recipe is sustainable. Um, I'll read, I'll read a quote from Lewis in the essay. Mm -hmm. He says the maintenance of that life depends in part on knowing the knightly character is art, not nature, something that needs to be achieved, not something that can be relied upon to happen. So I guess, what do you think about that quote? Do you you think um, the, the recipe is sustainable or, or what? I think so. Um, I I do struggle with that word achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I struggle with it because of just trying to live by grace and not by works, right? Mm-hmm. So like the idea of then to, to have a necessary achievement. Um, I'm not saying that that's incorrect. I'm just saying that like my gut response to that word is usually to push back against it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I do think it's sustainable. Yes, uh, I would say it is sustainable. Yeah. It I has think to it, 
yeah, I think it's sustainable. I think in, in the sense that it's it, it's internally consistent, although at, at first glance it seems um, like they're contradictory. I think the the love is the emulsifier yeah. um, in the recipe, and and we have we have examples in either in fiction with Aslan and Lancelot, or or in history like King David. So I think they they demonstrate that it is sustainable. Uh, obviously, no one's perfect, and and then you can argue in a specific situation, someone might have needed to act have acted differently, or maybe lean more towards meekness than than power or vice mm-hmm. versa um i i well, another well so i think it is sustainable i what i what i don't know or what i would want to reflect on more is how do you maintain it mm-hmm. um like what sort of diet or regiment do you put yourself through or do you train others in to either achieve it, even though I know you don't like that word or, or like to work towards it or like once you've sort of gotten the hand of it, like how do you maintain it? Um, You know, as we, as you were talking there, I think you really dissuaded or or I should say persuaded me toward that word achievement because Mm -hmm. I am going to take this from a biblical context. So if you're not a Christian listening to this, um, try and work with the ideas of what I'm talking about because I think it's still universally applied. Um, But so this idea of, you know, power and control or strength and meekness, right? We we were talking about you have something to protect, right? Mm -hmm. It gives you a reason to fight and a reason to... um, cherish Mm -hmm. and then we talked about the authority and i would also like to say this i I should have said this before it's also supremely important that you love the authority Mm. right not just submit but to love the authority um and to and and this is why i think the christian faith is so internally consistent and Mm -hmm. important is that you were everything you're being asked to do for what you're protecting Mm -hmm. was done for you. Mm. Jesus fought for you and was gentle with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we also see it in King David, right? King David is fighting for his people Mm -hmm. and cherishes his people. And you see this every, whatever that size of people is, if it's the, the group of men going around the wilderness with him, you you see how he is gentle with him, whether it's his flock of sheep. You see how he's gentle with them. And when those men or those sheep come into danger, you see David step up and fight ferociously for what he's protecting. Um, and you then see him submit to a God who also fights for David, mm. you know, who cherishes David. Um and sometimes, you know, he has to discipline and, and punish David um, for his own actions. And, and David even then takes that as that good fatherly discipline that it is and cherishes God even more for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and so it becomes sustainable. And this is 
that achievement thing that I think I, I'm now persuaded to is the, the biblical concept of um, to whom much is given, much is required, and to whom who has, more will be given, right? Mm. Or, or I guess maybe uh, more plainly stated for the purposes of this, um, if you're faithful with little, more will be given to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's that achievement that that Lewis is talking about. Mm. Of, hey, right now all I have is sheep. I'm going to fight for these sheep. I'm going to cherish these sheep. I'm going to be gentle and strong for them when they need me to be those things. Mm. Um, and then he's given a group of men, right? And he's mm. going to fight for those men. He's going to be strong. He's going to be meek right and when they need him to be those things not when he wants to be or when he needs to be but when they need him to be those things um and then he's given a kingdom Mm. um and i think that whatever that is in our lives right if that starts as a family or starts as you know um a group of people at a job if you're a manager or a sports team like whatever it is right like Mm -hmm you're given something smaller and it's to be faithful with the little. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that is an interesting way or that answers part of my question of like, how do you develop it? And I think that it's, yeah, starting off with um, responsibility with little things and then, and then uh, m- moving up if needed. Um, I like that you said if needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yep. Contentment is important. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think I think that's contentment is I, I think one of the the meek virtues for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that like biblical tension between ambition and contentment, mm-hmm. and how you can be content with what you have and still, you know accept the opportunity for more mm-hmm. and sometimes accept the demand for more, like the demand that's put on you for more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's a, a, another interesting dynamic there. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I'll say, I'll uh, say a few words about Lewis's quote. The, well, the way he, he framed chivalry as, as a, as a work of art or, or the a chivalrous character as a work of art, I think, it, it strikes at the, the heart of it, but also leaves a lot of freedom for the error that you were, yeah. you were wanting. Um, because, yeah, I think the, yeah, I think it's just a beautiful idea uh, of just every little action or every decision or thought that you have is, is all that together is, are, are there each little brush strokes in this uh, piece of artwork that you're, you're trying to build uh, within yourself or your, I guess, in, in the Christian perspective, you're trying to allow the Lord to build in you. And I know we've talked about the idea of beauty a little bit before, and I just like how it brings that idea of beauty into, into going back to chivalry. Uh, it brings that idea of beauty into something that could very easily turn into like, I don't know, basic training talk. Yeah. Or or like acting or talking like you're at a um, a football uh, training camp. Right. Um, but 
so anyway, uh, well, I, I really like Lewis's framing. So I guess yeah, the the last big question I wanted to ask you, Andrew, is these this recipe we've sort of talked about the the power and control, strength and meekness, um, the with love as the emulsifier. Which do you think comes first, um, or can you come at the chivalrous character? from from different angles so i'm I'm eventually going to talk to you about this or ask you about this because i think you have some good insight through the military Mm -hmm. but my gut response is you can't have control before power um like you have to have Mm -hmm. some modicum of power to control Mm -hmm. um right because um if you are if you are gentle but you have no power you're not really gentle you're just weak mm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. there has to be something to control so i don't think you can start there um i do think you can start with no even gentleness like gentleness implies you could not be gentle um I don't know if it implies that. I think so because like the the idea idea of gentle implies that like you could you could swing harder. Like I'm thinking of like when Rosie pets Ella or Emma. Um mm-hmm. like you have to teach her like, hey, don't just smack the dog. Like <laughs> be be gentle, right? Gentle. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't find gentleness synonymous with soft. And I think mm. that's maybe sometimes where we, that, that, that word needs to be defined mm. is like, maybe you can start with softness, right? Mm. It's like, Hey, that's all I know. And I need to get power. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once I get power, I need to learn how to control that power. So maybe you can start with softness, mm-hmm. but I would not call that gentleness. But again, I'm just, defining words here this a little bit just semantics yeah yeah i i think like when i think of yeah when i think of gentleness i i think it is to me up until now has has been a synonym of softness uh but as i think about the the usage of the word uh i think people do use it to describe someone who does have power ability whatever and is choosing to act otherwise um so i guess i didn't see both i think it is softness but i think the way a lot of people use it in is in the way you're talking about um as far as i guess what i think about what what should what needs to come first if anything or if you if different things can come first i i think theoretically you can come at it from each angle i think you can be someone who is heroic or or powerful and and learn meekness um and i think you can be someone who is naturally or uh, meek or gentle uh or soft and and learn um, uh, power and, and a 
aggression and and, and those those things. Yeah. Um, I think though in so I think like I said theoretically I think you can do that and I, and, I, and I think if you have a love for something if you're not I don't know exactly what this person would look like but if you if you neither have power nor gentleness and maybe that's not possible maybe those are maybe it's a spectrum but anyway assuming you can assuming you can not have both of those things uh, and you just start off with love I think you can build into those uh, mm-hmm. those two things is like with the examples you said you could um, yeah just the love for something just lights a fire in you yeah and the love of something just you just love the object for itself which you naturally do not want to destroy something that right. you love but um so anyway I think well, yes, theoretically to, you can to your point like I'm just thinking who are our American knights, right? Um, it would be one Captain America, yeah, um, he's and a who started with weakness, right? And had to, he, he got the opportunity for power. And again, it was based out of a love for um, his country and people around him, mm-hmm. right? He wanted to fight for what he loved. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And Thor being the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just this mm-hmm. big brute of a thug. Uh, who had to learn the meekness and humility, mm-hmm. and absolutely yep. does. Yep. So I think yeah, theoretically you can d- do that. That being said, what I think the most successful recipe in reality that I have seen and mm-hmm. is people who start off with power and then go to and, and then learn true meekness. Um, is the I guess the most successful recipe I've seen in reality. Um, now I'm not saying like someone who's powerful and then they just sort of feign meekness or gentleness for right. whatever sake. Um, I'm I guess I'm, I'm I'm thinking I've seen soldiers or uh, military people since that's just my my background who obviously have a, a martial training and some sort of disposition towards it, but then um, are able to be meek in the hall as, as Lewis says, who can uh, love poetry and, and appreciate art um, while still having that ability to defend something. Mm -hmm. Whereas I have not seen uh, so much and, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just my, the, the circles I run in, I have not seen so much someone who starts off with a love of poetry and art and, and is uh, meek in the hall uh, and then go into fight on a battlefield, if you will. Right. I, say, I, I, I think that can be done. So if, if, if someone gives me an example of like, yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. I, I, that makes sense. But I just, I think in my it does experience feel harder, it, it feels a little bit harder, and I yeah. think I just I've seen more examples of of the other way around, um, and and I, I and I'd be interested in, in your perspective as as a as a as a former pastor or as um, full time mm-hmm. minister. I I think I've I've seen a lot of people who went straight into the ministry right out of high school or whatever, and it just seems like they they have 
a inferiority complex of sorts. Sure. Um, uh, and I just, I've, I've reflected on that a little bit. Cause it's like, I don't, I guess I understand it in a way, but I just, I, I think that like, you don't have to have that. It's not, it's not necessary or it's not inevitable um, for you to start off in a, I'll just call it a meek profession. Right. Um, and, and, and feel like you, you are inferior to, to someone else who did something else. Um, yeah, what, what do you think about that? So I was actually reflecting on this the other day. Um, the, the thing about just pastoral leadership specifically Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why it can cause as much damage as it can cause good mm-hmm. um, is because the it is very difficult mm-hmm. for a power to or for a pastor to appropriately exercise power mm. right because and there are times where it is important for the pastor to exercise power, but it is very difficult. Mm. And, and so there is this almost level of imposter syndrome because you have, you, you do carry this innate authority that can easily be abused Mm. um, and is also being held by someone who is, arguably more aware of their sinful nature mm. right and i'm not necessarily talking about some of the mega church pastors because mm. i i don't think they're as in touch with reality i'm talking about like just the average you know church on the corner of your street pastor mm-hmm. um where it's like they they hold this authority they hold this weight and this this burden for the love of their church and and again under the submission of the authority of their God as well and a love for their God. Right. And they have to, and you would hope this would be through listening to the Holy spirit. Sometimes they have to exercise power, but again, it's very difficult. Um, What's difficult about it? Well, what's difficult about it is on one hand, you, um, you're shepherding them to like toward something. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to stand in the way of something they want. Right. And you have to, to know how much power and authority am I going to use between them and this thing they want. Mm. And sometimes it has to be, I'm not moving. Other mm. times it has to be, I just need to create some level of friction. You know, and and it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment to know like, hey, you know what? On this topic here, I can't move. Mm. And where I think you get in trouble, where some pastors get in trouble, is they don't move on anything. Mm. Right? And where other pastors get in trouble is they never get in your way. Mm. And it's just really tough to, to know that spectrum of how much am I going to move? And then when they push right by you, whether 
you were trying to keep them from it or not, mm-hmm. how gentle are you going to be toward them afterwards? Mm. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And you're dealing with people who could just go to a different church, right? So yeah. now you would hope that that wouldn't be common or often, but like in the military, if someone disobeys you or someone just says, I'm not doing that, there are real consequences that have real meaningful impact on their lives. Yep. The, the levers are, are different. Yeah. Whereas church, it's not that the, there isn't a real meaningful impact. It's just that, um, the the person choosing to do their own thing their own way has has their own levers to pull well listener thank you for joining us on this light of our journey in this bonus episode yeah i uh really enjoyed reading this this essay and uh we we did do a little bit of a different format where it was more just kind of discussion and talk rather than um you know going through you know step-by-step the background and um, some of those thoughts. And, and we hope you enjoyed it. If, if you preferred the other format, let us know on, um, on some of our social medias. Will you let us know what those are, Thornton? Yeah. So with, with Twitter and whatever stage of whatever it's in, we, uh, we also created an email. So you can either tweet us at, at Mir C.S. Lewis or, email us at mercslewis at gmail.com. And uh, next next episode, we'll have uh, a very special guest or two. So stay tuned and uh, be on the lookout for that episode in December. And also, uh, if you can, if you can like, like, rate, or subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on, that will... Uh, just help us with getting getting some feedback and, and how we can improve the show going forward. Yeah, do that. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Cool. Thanks. See you all next time.